0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 7, we're going to move through this somewhat quickly. It says, so Noah with his sons, his wife, his son's wives, went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. And that's the Bible wants to be very clear about, the Bible wants to be very clear that Noah went in there with his sons and his son's wives. And it's eight people, if you actually count them up. And eight is the number of new beginnings, and it always has been in the Bible. If you look up the number eight and you see the number eight at work in Scripture, it is always the number of new beginnings. And eight is a good day. It is a good number because God is a God of new beginnings. God is a God starts every day new for you. His mercies are new every morning, and He is always He is always out for you to see yourself as He sees you. And that requires a new beginning because the old ways don't work and the new ways do. He and his new ways for you, his new mercies every day bring you closer and closer to him. So he says of clean animals and animals that are unclean, of birds and everything that creeps on the earth. knows he's animals are clean and unclean. He says two by two, they went into the ark. Notice no reptiles. Notice no reptiles go into the ark. None in the ark. And notice not, not many insects, although I'm sure the animals brought a bunch of insects with them. They're not mentioned here. And uh, the truth is there are a lot of insects that in water for a long time. And it says in the 600 years of Noah's life, in the, I'm sorry, and it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In the 600 year of Noah's life, Notice this is a hundred years after Noah had his three sons. Obviously, they were all working on this ark. It says, in the hundredth year, in the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, obviously, that is a reference. First of all, it has to be a reference to to a water that was under the earth and in the crust of the earth. And it spewed out uh, so heavily that it came down as rain. And, and that is an explanation of what happened here. It says in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, in 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up. So there, were, there, was a, there was a great supply of water under the crust of the earth, and it was broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. And uh, many believe that was a water firmament above heaven, That and we talked about that in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And many believe that the water from underneath uh, spewed up, and broke the waters from up above, and all those waters came down and flooded the entire earth. And you say, if that's the case, why, where did the waters go? They didn't go back into the deep because the earth was utterly changed. In fact, I believe the tectonic plates were utterly changed. That was the time when you see, let's talk about the continental drift and continents moving. I believe there was great seismic activity under the earth at that time, and and the continents were moved into their place. I believe also that that the water, the way the reason the waters receded was because the waters went back up, the atmosphere soaked back up water, and then also, which is you say well, that's not very much. you don't really realize how big the atmosphere is. And then I also believe that over time the snow caps, the ice caps on the north, in the north, and the south pole came into existence because the earth changed. the the firmament above the earth was removed. the ability for the sun and all its rays to uh, shine down. On the Earth, and all the bad rays get through and get to us was opened up and made possible. And so, as as the months or the few months after the flood took place, slowly the polar ice caps were created, and they were created fairly quickly because of the because of the cold that did not exist in those places at that time. And, and whereas the earth was mostly not water, now the earth was full of water. I believe that the earth was mostly not the, the sea, whereas the earth is around 70% to oceans. I believe before that it was far less than 50% and the oceans were filled. And, and, and as that happened, the modern way our earth exists and how we exist on it took place. And I think that's how it worked. I'm not going to go into great detail about that. There's are scientists, Christian scientists that you can read and watch, and they explain those things in pretty good detail. They disagree about how it happened. Why? Because 6,000 years ago is a long time, and uh, a lot of people want to act like, we, we know this happened 3 billion years ago. No, not really. You don't know that it happened 3. You, you, some of you might think it's a billion. I'd listen to the other guy over here, and he says 100 million. And you go, those are big differences in time. When you're thinking, when you're going back that far, nobody even has a clue. Nobody even has a clue what, how long ago that was. The truth is that we have difficulty really understanding in great detail things that happened two and three and 4,000 years ago, much less 6,000 years ago, much less 600,000 years ago. And those things that we talk about like that are speculation at the very, they're, they're so speculative. Now you say we have scientists who know these things yeah trust me i've been with the smartest people in the world the quote unquote scientists who know these things i don't know if you know it or not but the main thing that drives science nowadays is government funding the way way scientist research is done is through the universities and the way universities get all their money is through government funding and scientists tend to look for and find the things that the government wants them to look for and find And you say, are you questioning the integrity of scientists? A lot of them don't believe in God. So I don't know exactly where they get their integrity. Okay. If you don't have a, if you don't have a fundamental moral foundation, then I'm I'm just not really sure about that. And when somebody comes on TV and tells me that they know something happened 3000 years ago in great detail, I question that because we sometimes don't even know what happened really in great detail a hundred years ago. And uh, and am I questioning everything? Yeah, I do. I do question everything, but God's word, because I've found over almost 50 years of life that God's word is the only thing that's ever been really true to me. The only thing that's ever been ever been really something that I could count on and expect to be true and true all the time. And I'm not anti-scientist. I'm I, my my favorite heroes of the world that are not in the Bible are, are scientists. And my probably my greatest heroes Einstein, I love Einstein. I love studying his theories. I love studying they're really not theories they 've been pretty much proven to be laws. I love science, I love history, but I also understand the limitations of science and history, and I love when people put people other people up as as infallible as far as their knowledge and information and telling me that these scientists or these doctors or this lawyer said this or that or the other. And then that's supposed to be gospel to me. It's just not this. I don't accept that. I don't accept that as gospel. I question it. And I definitely question if somebody has something to gain from what they're saying. And most of the time that's true. And so I look back at this and it says that the waters from the deep pierced the waters up above and the heavens, the windows of heaven opened up and the water, the earth was flooded and it covered the whole earth. And the rain was on the verse 12 says, and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. It didn't just rain one day. It rained 40 days and 40 nights and it filled the whole earth with water. And it would take that much if the earth wasn't predominantly water. Before the flood, it would take that much water to do it. You say, where did that water? from? I already told you, it came from the. It came from the deep. It came from the uh, wells of the deep. And uh, is that possible? Is it possible that there's water, lots of water, deep under the earth's crust? Would it be possible that that's doing it? Well, watch science today, and many times they'll tell you we believe this planet has a lot of water, and then they look at it and it ain't got any water on the surface, and they say we believe because of the way it moves and the way it's orbits and all that kind of stuff that there's a lot of water underneath the surface of those planets and those planets are so far away that they can barely see them And yet they telling you that there's water up under them. I'm telling you that we're here on this planet. There's a whole lot of water on this planet. And uh, could that water have at some point in time been underneath the crust of the earth? And the answer is yes, because we know that there's a lot of water still underneath the crust of the earth, underneath the surface of the earth, a lot of water underneath the surface of the earth. And if you come up here, To our neck of the woods, you'll see water just coming out of the ground all over the place. Natural springs everywhere. Why? Because there's a lot of water under the earth. I'm just on a little bit of a rant here. Anyway, so that's how I see things. And remember, if somebody puts somebody up there and says to you how smart they are, and they're the most smartest people in the world, and we need to listen to what they have to say, the answer is, yes, we do. And then we also need to investigate as to why they might be saying what they have to say. Like a certain doctor who keeps telling us all kinds of things, keeps running his mouth, and we've come to find out that most of his financial gain is based off of the thing he's running his mouth about. In fact, he's invested in all all over the world in those things. And my, my reason for listening to him has diminished ever since the first day I saw him, because I really realize who he is. I know who he is. He's a government bureau, bureau, bureaucrat who's, the, who's super wealthy, and he's super wealthy because of his position. And um, that means to me that he's likely telling me stuff to make himself wealthy more. Anyway, another rant. Thank you. On the very same day, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his son with him, entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, every bird and every of every sort. And they went into the ark to Noah, two by two, all of the flesh in which breath of life. So those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut Noah in. And so, as you see, God is the one who is directing this plan. Noah is the one who's hearing God, believing God, and acting. God is the director. Noah is the hearer, believer, truster, and actor. He believes and trusts God and he acts on that. And it says, now the flood was on the earth for 40 days and the water increased and lifted up the ark and it rose high above the earth. And the water prevailed and greatly increased on the earth and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. Why? Because in essence, the ark was a giant barge and it just moved about wherever God moved the ark about, wherever that was, it moved. And it says, and the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth, and all the high hills under the whole heavens were covered. Notice, it says all the high places, all the high hills, all the mountains. Now, you say, does that mean every mountain was covered? I I don't know. It doesn't use a word here that is exactly mountain. It's properly translated as it is in the New King James Version here. It's properly translated high hills. It was Mount Everest covered. I don't know. I wasn't there. And it doesn't say that every mountain was covered. It says all the high hills, all the thousands of feet above sea level. Was it 27,000 feet, which I believe what, what Everest is, I might be wrong about that number. Is it that high? I don't. And the Bible is not dogmatic about that. It says every high hill was covered. Does it say that, that it, does it say Mount McKinley was covered? I don't know that. And I'm not sure that some of those mountains and some of those high hills weren't created by the water breaking forth and the tectonic plates moving because of this. There may have been things going on under the surface of the water, things going on as far as the uh, the tectonic plates of the earth that I have no idea about. And uh, uh, the Bible doesn't say anything about it. And then people say, why, why do you mention it if you mention it? The reason I do that is because when we're studying God's work, we need to go with what God says and we can make suppositions about it but when i make a supposition about that it seems logical i need to say this is what i think when god's word is clear to me and it says this and this then i can say this is what god says and when god's word is not clear as far as that's concerned it doesn't it's not dogmatic about these things it just makes a statement to let me know what's going on i don't need to be dogmatic about it and if you said to me chad Did the floodwaters cover Mount Everest? That's a very specific question that the Bible doesn't speak to. And so my answer to that question is, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know whether it did or not. I know it covered every high hill. And I know high hills are, well, they're high. And it got up pretty high on the earth. And there there wasn't very easy places to survive. And it killed all the life on the earth. So I'm going to say it killed every place where you could actually live on the earth. And all the animals on the earth that lived in those places, I'm going to say it killed those folks, those animals, and all the people on the earth. And I don't know. And the other question is, how long has Mount McKinley been there? I don't know that either. And I don't know how long Mount Everest has been there. I have no idea. And you can say to me, well, there's scientists say that it's a billion years old. There's also scientists say that it's 50 million years old. And that's a big difference. A billion and 50 million, 50 million so one twentieth of a billion. And that, that's a big difference in time and space. And even the even what they say the universe is, as far as how old it is, has changed tremendously over time. It's even cut, it's been cut by way more than half by most scientists. And like I said, where the Bible's not dogmatic, I'm not dogmatic. I don't get all bent out of shape. And the Bible does not tell me that every mountaintop was covered by the flood. It said, and the waters prevailed exceedingly, meaning the waters covered almost, if not all the earth, they prevailed. They overcame exceedingly, meaning almost almost completely, maybe even completely, don't know, on the earth. And all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. And so that means that the water got up Really high. And it says, and the waters prevail 15 cubits upwards, and the mountains were covered. Uh, Is it say all of them? No. It said all the high hills. Then it says here, mountains are covered. It didn't say all the mountains. It just says, and the mountains were covered. Like I said, does it really matter? Not really. There's certain levels of Mount Everest that no animal lives on. So would it be required that all of Mount Everest be covered in order for all the animals to be killed on the earth? And the answer to that question is no, but does it say that Mount Everest was covered? Perhaps, probably, don't know for sure. Don't even know if Mount Everest was Mount Everest at that time. You see how you can study God's word and look at it and go, okay, I see what God's saying. I'm not going to be dogmatic and tell you that this is the way it's got to be 100% because this is not the way it says it's got to be 100%. There's certain things in the Bible that Jesus rose from the tomb. That's 100%. That he was born of a virgin. That's 100%. That he was the son of God and he was 100% God, 100% man. You can not write that down for sure. Did Peter walk, out, walk on the water as Jesus commanded him? Yes, he did. Did Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead? Absolutely. Did David kill Goliath? No doubt about it. Did Daniel survived the lion's den and God shut the mouths of the lion? Yes. Did he use a bridle to shut the mouths of the lion? Don't speak to that. I don't know how he did it. The angel of the Lord shut the mouths of the lion. I don't know if he said, shut your mouth and the lion shut their mouths. I don't know how that happened. No, I can't tell you in detail how it happened. I can tell you what the word of God says happened. And what happened here was there was a flood on the earth that was caused by waters from the deep and waters from heaven, and it covered all the high hills And it covered covered the mountains. It doesn't say, it doesn't use the same phraseology, all the high hills and all the mountains. It says it covered all the high hills and the mountains. And, And those are not a part of the same phrase. So the all can't be attributed to the mountains in that phrase. So I don't know. Don't get in fights about stuff that the Bible doesn't, that the Bible doesn't speak to. Don't do that. Don't do that. Allow God's word to be God's word. Allow God's word to speak. And I say, I believe what that says. I believe it in detail. That's what happened. But in the detail that God provides, I believe. And that's it. That's all. No more, no less. I believe exactly what God says. And I believe it as he said it in his words. And it says, and all the flesh that moved on the earth, the birds, the cattle, the beast, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of the spirit of life, all that was on that day, on dry on the dry land, died, and that's the end of it. The whole purpose was of uh, the flood was to wipe clean the earth of all the animals and all the humans, and that's exactly what it did. Now, notice it says all of the, every one of those died. So, if you say to me that couldn't happen unless the mountains were covered, and I know that for a fact, then if you know that for a fact, then the mountains had to be covered. If you say that that wasn't necessary, then I say, I hear what you're saying, might not have been necessary. And then, as I'm reading it, if you say, no, some of the animals could have survived, I'm going to tell you, none of the animals survived. You know how I know? Because it says all the flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle and beast of every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And every man died. Isn't that cool that God just pretty much just tells you exactly as it is right there. He's definite. All me, all these creatures died on the earth. They were killed during the flood. That's a great way to end the week of Bible study with every person except Noah and his family and the animals on the ark dying. But, So be it. That's where we're at the end of this week. Praise God that he's given us a week to study his word. Next week, we're going to see Noah come out of the ark and the earth be replenished with with animals and God making everything new again. And it's going to be a good thing. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope And peace today in Jesus' name.